Welcome to Amplify, the personal brand business show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Matt Hughes. So then what that means is when I'm doing my content creation, the time I have every week for my content creation is Saturday morning. I don't have any meetings for work. I don't have anything like that. I always keep my weekends free. Saturday morning, the kids are not awake. We're not doing anything usually early, early in the morning. So sort of between the morning and lunchtime is my content creation time because I know I'm going to be in the best energy then unless I've been out the night before. <laughs> so some flexibility around it. But you've just got to find that, you know, when you, when you understand that about yourself, then you can be in a better energy and, and make more guarantees that you're in the right energy before you start. Hi there and welcome back to the Personal Brand Business Show. My name is Bob Gentle and every week I speak to incredible people who share their secrets to building, marketing and monetizing your expertise and the mindset you need for your business to grow and thrive. If you're new to the show, then while you still have your device in your hand, take a moment to subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up and a like as well. Um, and if you're a regular listener, consider sharing this show with just one person as it's the best way to help me reach more people. So today we are talking YouTube. YouTube is something I'm talking more and more often about. And today I am very excited to speak to Matt Hughes from King of Video or The King Video or The Real King of Video, depending on how you describe it. Matt, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much. You've got such a great way of introducing the show and, and I'm hoping I live up to the incredible speakers that you get. <laughs> incredible is not a word that I'd usually describe myself as, but a uh, great, great intro for sure. So I have lots I want to talk about and I, I, it's very tempting to just start piling into my questions. But for the listener who's meeting you for the first time, can you maybe just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do? Yeah, sure. So my name is Matt Hughes, King of Video, and I have had a production, video production company I had for seven years, uh, between 2013 and 2020. We closed that on February 29th, 2020, which some would say would, was a good time to do it. Uh, because two weeks later, we all know what happened. And we filmed events. So we filmed events around the world. So my business would have literally just disappeared overnight. After that, I became the king of video. Uh, the domain name was available. So that's how I became the king of video. There's no other great story about that. And and I decided to teach people how to create video themselves. And again, timing-wise, it worked really well because people were suddenly thrown into this arena of having to use online uh, devices and stuff. And then eventually, as video was quite broad, it was hard to be the guy for video. And there's plenty of people that were doing video. So I kind of turned my attention uh, purely for that reason to YouTube. It wasn't that I was a YouTube expert. In fact, I was just getting into YouTube myself. And I still feel that, that way. But the majority of the things that I teach, that I help people with, it's all about creating the video production process, creating video, gaining confidence, all the kind of ideation, that kind of thing, all the standard things you would need if you're becoming a creator. And so YouTube was like a natural progression. But I, but I told the video production story because I just wanted to to make you think that I didn't just step into the king of video as with no background <laughs> in video. There was some uh, some stuff that I did there. And we travelled the world making video. You know, I had a, a wonderful time with that business. Really, really uh, grateful to have been able to do that. Yeah. I, th I did want to ask about the title because it is kind of bold. I think a lot of people, 
if they were to self-declare a title like that, yeah. could be accused of being vaguely arrogant. Yeah. However, if you don't believe it, nobody else is going to. And I think that's what I love about it. It yeah. really is declaring attention. And um, what does it matter, Bob? You know, like I, I think kings. I don't whether you're a royalist. I, I, I don't know how you feel about kings and queens, but they're stolen titles anyway, right? Like they just took something and ran with it. And and actually, I thought the same as what you've just said. Is it is it too arrogant? And I went into a coaching group, a community I was in at the time, and I said, look. I'm looking for a personal brand. Matt Hughes is an author. There's a UFC fighter. I'm clearly not a UFC fighter. I said, I'm never going to be able to topple them on Google because their sports personalities are traditionally really hard to get, you know, and beat on on Google. So I said, you know, I was coming up with all these tongue-in-cheek ways to describe myself. I put in King of Video. It was available. And I went and asked them, I said, can I call myself the King of Video? And they all just said, shut up and get on with it. And I was like, okay, yeah. you know, that, that was all the permission I needed. It definitely doesn't come from arrogance. I, I, I say to people, you know, there's plenty of people that are better than me. My kids remind me there's better YouTubers than me and all that kind of stuff. So it's more about just having something that's memorable. And, and you know, we're yeah. talking about personal brand here. What better way for somebody to describe me when I walk into the room is here's Matt, the king of video. It adds like an air of authority about it even though the people that i've met may have never met me before and so i I just i went with it i ran with it and i've stuck with it ever since and i'm not scared now even when i stand in the room with you know just in primal video just in million subscribers and i still he says what's your channel name and i say king of video here it is and i think everything is relative i think that's really what we're describing there and you have to pick something and I tell my clients all the time, you need to find a way to describe yourself as the number one or the leading. And if you can't do that, you need to keep working until you can find that one thing. And this wasn't actually something I wanted to go too deep on, but this is not king of YouTube. As you said, this is king of video. And you have a depth of experience that very few people do have in video. And you're bringing that to the creator space, which is what I really want to talk about. Yeah. So there are a few places I could go with the creator space, but I'm interested in your perspective on this. First of all, there, there are two kinds of creator in my experience, and there's lots of different ways you can look at this. So there's many kinds of creator, but in this context, there's two. There are those who go out into the world as the teacher and then tell you how it is and its pronouncement from on high. And this is really focusing on educational content. And then there are those who go out and share their curiosity. I I feel that's your style, that you're going out there sharing your learning journey and teaching those who are maybe a few steps behind and learning from those who are a few steps ahead. And that's the kind of content I love. And it keeps your content super relatable. And I'm wondering how intentional that is for you well well very intentional from the point of the king of video right because if i'm selling myself as a youtube coach with 2000 subscribers on youtube it doesn't add a lot of weight from an authority perspective when there's somebody with a 800,000 subscribers ahead of me but when i sell my services from a coaching perspective or a mentor perspective i say firstly i say come on the journey with me like i'm on this youtube train you see me going to the big YouTube conferences, like I'm in it, I'm doing it. 
every day, right? So come along for the journey. And I also say, and and if you've got questions, if you want to ask me about gear and you want to spend five hours talking about gear, I'm your man. I always say I've got gas, which is gear acquisition syndrome, uh, my own <laughs> new way of describing things. And that's because I've spent, I, I would say, probably a hundred grand on equipment. And I know people use numbers, big numbers like that to to make themselves sound good. But but I, I genuinely, if you look through my accounts over the last 10 years, it would be in that kind of realm. And so I've owned all the cameras. The only thing, the only brand that I've not really looked into is Nikon. <laughs> Strangely enough, if you're a Nikon fan, sorry about that. Uh, but I we started as a Canon house. We moved to Sony. I've got DJI stuff. I've got just every kind of thing you can think of I've purchased at some point and never used in some in some cases uh, so you know I, I I just say come along for the ride and let's do this thing together and I've had people that joined my membership y- years ago who said the reason I joined yours and not somebody else's who was definitely a bigger YouTuber than me he said because they just seem so far out of reach you know like yeah. they're so far ahead that I don't know how I could ever keep up. Whereas it's nice to be on the journey with you and know that I can be in your group and speak to you and you'll give me advice directly, all that kind of stuff. So I think it was intentional. I, I And I hope to keep that as long as possible, you know. I think that's something that was described to me a while back was there are coaches and then there are coaches who will watch your game. Yeah. And if you're if you're hiring a coach, who isn't actually paying any attention to how you're playing, then they can't really give you good advice. Right. And I think that's what you're describing there is you watch people play, you understand their game because everybody plays the game differently. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that actually. I never thought about, about it like that, but that is entirely true. And I think about the memberships that I'm in, the ones I really like are the ones where I'm getting connection with the people in it not just the people in it, but also the the leader of the community, you know, like I know I'm going to be able to speak to them. I know I can get advice from them. They might charge for one-to-one services and they should charge for that as well, but I'm still in there and I'm I'm getting that connection. Whereas I think of some of the other ones where they are necessarily bigger celebrity type people, bigger creators, maybe don't really get much access to those people at at the lower end again i could pay for it at the higher end but don't get it at the lower end so so i'm hoping that that's what we give in in the communities and with the things i do and hopefully that's how people feel so i want to talk about youtube specifically now and maybe for two different types of people there's somebody like me who has an existing business my business is coaching and strategic support and things like that and I would build one particular YouTube channel in a, in a particular way to support that business. And we can talk about that in a minute and how that might look for somebody like me, because there are many me's, you're kind of me. Yeah. And then there are other people, and sometimes they may be even the same people, but maybe I'll bring this back to, I was watching one of your podcast interviews earlier today, and it was a guy called Jesse Davis. Yeah. And his YouTube content isn't related to what he does for money. Yeah. But his YouTube content has become, or YouTube channels rather, have become a suite of revenue streams. And that's another route people can go, is to use YouTube to generate a completely new business. 
how are you typically advising people when they come to you thinking, when they're saying, I, I want to leverage YouTube? How do you advise them to begin when they have those two different roads open to them? Yeah, well, they, they are the two logical roads. And, and so I look at this from a business perspective. So my membership, my membership that I closed, um, we may be launching it again soon, uh, was called YouTube for Business. I'm very clear that we talk about business revenue streams, We'll talk about the business overall. When we talk about YouTube, we're talking about it strategically from the start. So how do we drive viewers from your videos to your content to make money from them? And so that's the that's the only audience that I really focus on. If you want to become a YouTube celebrity and a big YouTuber and you want to vlog all day and do all of that kind of stuff, that you're probably not my person and I don't focus right. on those people that's not to say that i can't help them and i you know that i have got people in my communities that are those kind of people but my my focus if you want to get the best out of working with me is being strategic with your content and so and the the, the easiest simple example of that is i had a coach who worked with me for 12 weeks she had less than 2000 views and 150 subscribers and she got a 6000 pound coaching client out of that and so if you think about that from a numbers perspective alone, that's ridiculously low. You know, your return for that small amount of viewers and small amount of subscribers is huge. Whereas on the other end of that, when you're focusing on even just look at uh, YouTube monetization for shorts, you've got to get millions of views before you get paid. And with the longer form stuff, you've got to get uh, a good number of watch hours and all that kind of stuff. So Two very different audiences, I think, and I'm definitely in your camp, uh, Bob, in, in how we work with people because it's business first. It's it's feeding our families first before becoming a yeah. celebrity. Like the celebrity stuff is just good. Brand deals are good. Getting into events and stuff is all great perks of becoming that kind of person, but it's like cash in the bank first, please. So when you see lots and lots of people creating content. I think a lot of people, they come to YouTube because they kind of like the idea or they maybe hate the idea, but they force themselves to do it. Yeah. That was my route. Any coach knows that the majority of people come along to a new sport yeah. and they've got some bad habits. And the good coach knows what the bad habits are going to be before he meets people. Yeah. So from your perspective as a YouTube coach, what are the bad habits you're always looking out for? I mean, there's only one real bad habit. It's really simple and it's what everybody talks about, but everybody is really bad at and it's consistency. Like, you you know, I, I just cannot tell you how it I just does my head in. I'm like, all these people come along and they'll pay me small amounts of money to join my membership or they'll pay me large amounts of money to for my big programs. I We even did a small service where we were doing the editing and everything for them all have the same problem. Yeah, Matt, no problem. I can get videos done. I'm good at doing like one video a week, one video a week. That's all we're asking for. Yeah, I can do that. I can knock these videos out and public speak. I know what I'm doing. Two weeks later, where's your video? Where, where's your video? You said you were going to do the video. You said you were going to sit in front of your thing. We don't need to worry about gear. You can use your mobile phone. We don't need to worry about tech. I'm going to do that stuff for you. Where's your video? Can't do it. They can't show up. 
It's the same thing all the time. All the other things, you know, there's confidence issues, there's coming up with ideas. I've even solved all of those, you know, I've got a confidence. You want some confidence, here's something to go and help you with confidence. You want some ideas, here's how we're going to generate ideas. I will help you generate ideas. We can have a one-to-one call, I'll help you generate ideas. Yeah, we've got the ideas, great. Now just go and film it. So let's look at the main friction points then, because I think everybody, when they come to video, like we have a conversation like this, I can be consistent. Yeah. yeah, I can find 20 minutes a week to film something. Everybody can do that. And yet it doesn't happen. So when you're looking at ways to remove these blockers, yeah. what are some of the strategies that you put in place? Oh, well, kind of the things I talked about, right? So a lot of the time we'll talk about equipment first. So I say, what have you got? What, what do you think about your equipment is holding you back? Um, and they might say, you know, I've not got a dedicated space for my equipment. When I set it up, it takes me ages and I lose energy. I'm big on energy. Got to be in the right energy to film anyway. And so we take away some of that stuff and I'll say, okay, well, let's just focus then on a mobile phone, a tripod. Don't even need to worry about necessarily a microphone if your camera's decent. We can add all of that stuff later on, but we're just going to get into the process of creating a video. Uh, We might do things like, for some people, we create a batch filming strategy. So it would be, well, we know we need to film 12 videos. That's what we start with. And then we say, right, we're going to do these four. And we've decided on the four. We're going to do those in one go. And and just just little things as part of the strategy, like, and you you covered it really nicely, actually. When we started the podcast, you gave me, what did you call it? Like an in-flight message. It was like, for those of you that yeah. have not been on Bob's podcast, it's a bit like when you're on a plane and he says the exits are here, here and here. Um, he did that kind of thing, just setting the scene, right? And I think that's important to have that kind of thing when you're recording. So if you're going to film and you make mistakes, just stop, take a breather and then continue again. And you know what you described, Bob, right at the start when we before we started, it's that kind of stuff that's so important because if you've never done it before, you just don't know that you can just fix it in editing later on. It's okay when yeah. it happens. So just kind of filling in some of those gaps, you know, what do I do if I go wrong? What if the lighting is not right? What if I'm not in the right energy? What if the space is not right? How do I get rid of my kids so I can film without them coming in? You know, like, there can't be anything I've heard now that's not a good excuse because they are excuses (laughs) but but it's something that we just need to find a way to make it as easy as possible and and really what I asked for is a five minute video so anyone that tells me the 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 most obvious one I don't have time I'm like come on you do you do have time it's not a priority and really what they're saying is I don't have time to set up all this equipment because by the time I've done it, I'm just annoyed, which is true. You know, I've been, been that place myself. Yeah. Hi, it's Bob here. If you're listening to the show and thinking this is way out of reach for me, I get it, but I want you to stop working with me one-to-one or in a group on your business is accessible and affordable no matter what stage your business is at. Just open your email, draft a message to bob at amplifyme.agency or search for at bobgentle on any social media platform. Direct message me, tell me your story and I'll do my very best to help make sure that the next chapter is the best yet.
I want to come and ask you about scripting and teleprompters and things like that in a moment. But before we get into that, I think there's an important point to make here, which is it might sound like a small thing making a five minute video every week, but it's important to understand the impact of the long game here and how powerful YouTube can be in the long term, but also how being in the game allows you to get lucky as well. Yeah. One video can do something you never expected. Now, I had Pat Flynn on the podcast, and if you're listening to this now, I have no idea if this is a before or after. But one of the questions I asked Pat was, you see lots of people, they, they come to you into your community to run your business, to, to help grow their businesses. And yet a lot of people fail to thrive. They fail to make these massive changes that they would like. What is the reason that you most commonly attribute that to? And it was down to this. It was most people are unambitious for their businesses and they try and grow with a mindset of, I want to improve by 50%. And when you have that mindset, you're looking at how can I make small changes in my business or small changes in my personal brand, small changes in my authority, because small changes, they don't really get noticed. They don't really make a big impact. What makes a big impact is when you think, how can I make this a hundred times better, 50 times better? And this is the kind of situation where you're going to need something like a YouTube channel. You're going to need a quantum shift in your visibility and your authority and your ability to reach people and connect. So it's important for people to understand that five minutes in context. That's five minutes that could change your life. Yeah. So with, with that in mind, being practical, how can we make that five minutes easier? And for me, a lot of the time it's, okay, I have this idea for a video, but there's all this friction in between the idea and getting to editing. And it's really getting through the words. So in your experience, What's the easiest way to go from the idea to actually having it filmed? Can I just add to what you've just said, Bob? Sorry, just before I answer yes. that. So remember that question to remind me what, what the question was again. Oh, it's how I've written it down. It's fine. Um, the, one, the one thing you said, I, I, I did an interview with a guy called Jerry. I'm sure you know Jerry. Um, he was in San Diego um, when I first met him. Jerry said, Matt, when I first started YouTube, and he's got 125,000 subscribers, something like that now. He said, Matt, when I first started YouTube, I just said, I'll just give it a year. And I was like, are you kidding me, Jerry? Like, this is music to my ears. I'll just give it a year. He said, yeah, I I committed. I'm going to do one episode every week for 52 weeks. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing because most people want to give it a month or maybe two videos. Like, why why is it not? I've been doing this for three weeks and it's not growing it's like hold on come on so uh, you like you've got to really play the long game and think about this as a long game it, you know tiktok and reels you're going to get the quick short sharp jumps in views and maybe you maybe you can take off on there as well in a different way but this is an investment a long-term investment and as bob has just said that five minutes like it's not five minutes that you put out there on in a tiktok and you don't see it again ever because it's gone, it's on the feed, it's, it's gone away. That five-minute video could be the thing. My biggest video on my channel, which is a video I hate, is actually a couple of minutes long. And it's to, it was just to help people, like, on Facebook Lives, when you go live, if you turn your phone, you're sideways. 
And if you don't know the order in which to press the buttons, you end up sideways. And so it was just to fix that, right? It's my most viewed video. It's the one that's given me the most amount of subscribers. And it was just answering a question because I was so fed up of answering the question over and over again. People kept dropping into my inbox during lockdown and stuff, you know. But I did it in 2018 and I was answering questions in 2018. It only took off when lockdown happened two years later. So like really think about, I want you to think about these five minute videos as assets for your business. Every video, every signature video, which is what I call the videos, is an asset that you're dropping onto your YouTube channel, which will pay off for you cumulatively over a big period of time. And and that could be a year, it could be five years, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to- I, I use a similar analogy that a YouTube channel and a podcast is actually very yes, similar. They are really similar. They're like a property investment. Yeah that you're investing in an asset that grows over time. It, it appreciates. It's like a high-interest bank account. Yeah. Whereas something like TikTok or actually almost every social platform, because TikTok is a social platform, they're more like going to the casino. You can get lucky. But when you walk back out the door, the game stops. Whereas with the podcast and with YouTube, you walk out the door, your podcast and YouTube channel will continue to educate, entertain, and inform people for years. Yeah. And if you are lucky enough to be monetized, continue to drive revenue long after you've moved on to other things. Yeah. I mean, you still you still have to feed the machine, right? Like I, I talk about um, your YouTube assets as like plants that you water your plants, you know. So I've got videos on my channel where, and we've got blog posts associated with the videos now. Not everyone, but we're getting into the point where we're making a blog post for everyone. And then when we send a newsletter out every week, we will link to one of the videos. And it might not be a recent video. It could be an older one, but they're evergreen pieces of content. The advice is still the same, so we send it out. If somebody asked me what's better between a webcam, a mobile phone, and a, a, a mirrorless camera, I've got a video about it. So I just drop it in there and say, here's the answer. Go and see. Yeah. And I put them, I, I record with all three of them. You can see them side by side. Like that video is probably my second or third most viewed video because I use it so often to answer the question because people are always interested in the answer. So again, you've got to feed them and you've got to water those plants to make sure that people come along. But hopefully at some point, YouTube picks it up and it feeds it for you. And then, and that's when you get some virality as well. Okay, we can go back to the question. Yes. So my question, I'll try and put it a little bit more articulately. You spoke about energy and I've noticed when I'm creating video content, sometimes I just roll and sometimes I just really struggle to put two words together. And in those situations, a a teleprompter would have been nice. But the problem is you don't know until you start. Yeah. And for me, that's not a really good process because I don't know how I'm going to feel until I hit record. So as somebody who's made an awful lot more video than I have and knows there's lots of different personality types, using the law of averages, how would you recommend people prepare for the moment they hit record? Yeah, I mean, it's really down to the person. You just talked about personality types, and that's a great way to look at it because whether you do DISC, Myers-Briggs, any of those kind of psychometric type of tests, you'll see that we're all different. We all prefer different ways to get excited you've mentioned the sports analogy quite a bit here and what did if you look at different sports they all prepare in different ways they're they're largely warming themselves up in some way to get ready to Mm. to go and perform right and and i suppose uh you know music artists will do the same 
So my old uh, stepdaddy used to say to me, before he went to play football, he would listen to, it was a, I forget, it was like the overture of something. It was a, a symphony of some sort. And I'd never even thought he would listen to that kind of music, but he said he just, every time, it was only Sunday league, you know, but every time on the way to football, he would listen to this and it would really get him motivated. For me, uh, there's a couple of things that I think about. I've got a video about this, about confidence tips, but things like standing up. If you can record your stuff standing up, you're automatically in a more powerful position. So you feel feel more powerful. It could be practicing. It could be uh, listening to music, as I mentioned. It could be making sure that you're well hydrated, that you've had the right food. Like all of these things affect your energy. And so you said, Bob, like, I don't know how I'm going to feel before I hit record. What I would urge you to do is find a way to understand more about how you're going to feel before you hit record. And, and, and you know, it's a huge topic to, to talk about that. We can talk about some of the ways you might do that and after this. But it's about knowing your energy levels and how you perform and, and how you best perform and when you best perform is just so important. You know, like I know if I do a podcast recording at 8 p.m., I'm going to have to really build myself up to do it because my energy is going to be low and it's hard for me to get into the right zone. But if I do it at 10 a.m., I'm a morning person. I'm ready to go. Like you, we're doing this now at, at lunchtime. Like I'm good now. I've got energy. I'm super excited. So we've picked a good time. So then what that means is when I'm doing my content creation, the time I have every week for my content creation is Saturday morning. I don't have any meetings for work. I don't have anything like that. I always keep my weekends free. Saturday morning, the kids are not awake. We're not doing anything usually early early in the morning. So sort of between the morning and lunchtime is my content creation time because I know I'm going to be in the best energy then unless I've been out the night before. <laughs> so some flexibility around it. But you've just got to find that, you know, when you when you understand that about yourself, then you can be in a better energy and, and make more guarantees that you're in the right energy before you start. The, the idea of warming up, and it's so obvious, actually. I had never considered that. I mean, I'm a busy guy. I rush around. I go from meeting to meeting to meeting, like most people. And then I see a 20-minute window. I'm going to make a video. My head's not in a place where I can really relax, take a breath, yeah. and, and be focused on the other person in the way that I would really need to be. So warming up to me, it just makes so much sense. I also really like the idea of doing the Saturday mornings. I Like you, I'm completely in charge of my time. Saturday mornings are entirely my own, as I yeah. think they are for most people. Yeah. So why not give yourself that space? Because that space and the content that you're creating matters it can change your life and it can change your business and we can talk about that in a minute but what i wanted to go to next was probably the most often used pushback that i hear when i'm recommending youtube content is oh but isn't already very saturated how am i going to stand out yeah and I, i know what my answer is to this but what's your perspective on this? When somebody says to you, oh, do they really need another doctor, dentist, plumber, whatever it is? Yeah, I, I'm sure our answers are probably probably the same. Um, I, I, I 
liken it to networking or events, right? If you've ever been to networking events, you go up to a bunch of people that you may have never, never met before. And some people you go up to, you talk to them and you warm to them immediately. And you're like, do you know what? I could drink with this guy. Bob, we were the same. We met in the in the uh, cafe thing at, in San Diego. I was like, I like this guy. I could spend some time with him. I'm sure he'd be great to drink with, right? And then other people I met, I sat with them and they were talking and yapping away in my ear. And I'm like, and I listen. I, I like to listen to people. I like to talk, of course, but I do like to listen to people's stories and stuff. Some people I'm just like, oh my God, I cannot spend any time with this person. I need to find somewhere else to go. You know, it's very rare because I'm quite a forgiving person in, in terms of personality and stuff. But, <laughs> but sometimes, yeah, you just get rubbed up the wrong way. And so, so I just think about it as like, if you had 10 people all telling you the same message, but in their own individual ways, it's impossible for me and you, Bob, to decept, to say who you would want to listen to more than the others. You might be super yeah. excited about Pat Flynn, but when I go and speak to somebody else who's never heard of Pat Flynn, they're like, who's this guy? I don't got no authority in my yeah. life. I don't, but they're excited about someone else that's an authority in their space. So it's about, it's about finding your own way. And, and this is why when I talk to people about sharing their own stories of life, not just their business message, I talk about that as being so important. So people in my world who like what I do will know that I've got two daughters. They'll know that I've got a dog. They'll know that I love to go to festivals and to gigs and all of that kind of stuff because I share it so openly. They also know other things about me that probably are not so great to share, but I share it anyway because it's that thing that pushes you from being on the fence with somebody where they're considering, oh, I'm not really sure whether I want to work with this person or going, you know what? I love the fact that Matt goes to a metal festival and then the next week he's going to see Harry Styles or whatever, you know, like they like that about me and they might not, I don't know, yeah. but it's just part of a part of that bigger picture. And so when you, when I'm thinking about, oh, it's too saturated. I'm like, how show, show me how there's, there's only one of you. I think, I think what I would add to that, is YouTube is really good at finding people who are into you. Yes. It's it's often said that your vibe attracts your tribe. And YouTube takes your vibe and it goes and tests it against other people to see, well, who's going to like this vibe? And that's how you can build an audience on YouTube. What I love about it is if you go to a networking event, probably two-thirds of people don't really like you very much. Whereas once the algorithm is working on somewhere like YouTube, the only people are going to see your content typically are going to be people who are into you. Or into the same things as you. Yeah. And you know, that it's just going to, it's just, and it just grows on that thing. So it's like, Oh, we tested. We found a few people. We'll test a bit more. We'll find a few people. We'll cancel out those other people. And then eventually you've just got, and this is that cumulative effect that we talked about before when it comes to the longer term game. Yeah, it works on TikTok and other those other platforms like that. And of course, there's chances of going viral with people that maybe don't necessarily like you, but you're going to get that core audience. And that's so important when you're growing your brand for sure. So if we were to take the average small business owner, like a, a coach, a consultant, a creative, they look at YouTube initially as a marketing channel. Yeah. And let's say you're a local business. What experiences have you had with clients or people that you work with that you would hold up as examples of it doesn't need to be massive to make a massive difference uh, when i gave you that that coaching example uh, before um i think about other example i know someone who's a dog psychologist 
in France. And they're very, very strange. Canine psychologist is what she says. And they're very, it's a very niche, strange location to have those things. But she's got a YouTube channel and she's getting a message out there. I've got a client that has a, a villa in Andalusia and she is showing the stuff about her villa and how so she's got videos about each of the rooms that she's got in a villa and it's very specific to people that want to travel to that area for that purpose of staying somewhere you know like if if you think about all of the things in the world the niches like unless it's super 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 niche then you're going to find that there's somebody that you that is interested in what you've got to show and it might be a small amount of people, but they may be high value. So again, it depends on your niche. Yeah. But you know, with that particular thing about Andalusia, like they're people with the intent of going on holiday, so they've got the money already. They they are gonna go to that location or thinking about going to that location. They're just looking for somewhere that says that's the place I could stay, or if it's a B and B or a villa or something like that, they're the people I could hang around with or or be guests of. And so, if you can get all that together, uh, you're gonna win. And it doesn't have to be like that. I don't know if you know Roger Wakefield, the, mm. the yeah, uh, plumber guy. He's always the gold standard example. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, a plumber. And it, you'd think that that would make no sense. It's a very local thing. And now it's way more than local. It's it's a, a bigger a bigger deal. And what imagine, I've never really spoken to him about the opportunities, but imagine what opportunities he must get off the back of creating a YouTube channel, really just to help people out. Uh, probably from I don't know what his early videos were, but it's probably from a you know do this stuff yourself at home. <laughs> probably how it started. Yeah, I, well, I spoke to him about this, and Roger started just making videos about plumbing yeah. and grew a fantastic plumbing business. But then very quickly, plumbers were asking him about marketing, and now he teaches plumbers how to market their business. Yeah. That's his core business. Yeah. That one YouTube channel making videos about plumbing has completely changed his life but it's also a perfect example of the long game which he probably didn't even know he was playing to be fair this is one of the things that i keep talking about again and again is the content creator's journey is one where you if you think you know where you're going you're you're almost definitely wrong what happens i think it's a little bit like it's like any story of a hero the hero doesn't know where he's going but he's going out he's taking on the side quests he's forging ahead and it's in the forging ahead that he grows and he learns and he meets opportunities and this is what i see again and again is you don't know where you're going with this but what you do know is things will change i think that's the important thing yeah and your content changes and the way you create content changes like all of that stuff evolves and actually that's the that's the reason why i say to people stop overthinking it you know we talked about things that stop people creating uh, earlier on i just say to them like you've got to create something in the first instance to to start that creative process in your brain and you learn so much and so i always say it doesn't matter if you're five years into the game or six months into the game you're going to look back at your old videos and hate them and you're going to say my sound was bad or my lighting was bad or my camera why did i ever use that camera Uh, but it really doesn't matter the process and the journey that you're on in your your hero's example that's the thing that makes it something good and like i got a brand deal with a company and they paid for a couple of videos first. It was a sponsored uh, video. And then I, I became their community manager. 
which was worth loads of money for me after that. You know, it was a huge deal for me. And that just came from creating the videos, meeting the people, discussing, having conversations like we're having now. Yes, it's recorded, but it was just, you know, people I'd met in conferences and stuff. And those relationships then helped me get this this brand deal. And I had 700 subscribers when I got that brand deal, but it was worth tens of thousands of pounds in the end. Um, so, yeah. you know, just all I wanted to do was just create a YouTube channel and help people out at the start. That's, that, that was a focus, the, the longer focus. I didn't know I'd become YouTube coach and sort of help people in the way I'm doing now, but I just thought it'd be a good idea. So why, why not try it and see where it goes? Well, that does bring us to the conference yeah. because that's exactly what you're doing with the conference. Let's just try it and see where it goes. Obviously, a conference is a slightly more high stakes game yeah. than making a video. But tell me the story. Uh, well, so, you know, I go to Vid Summit. We met at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego. I go to Vid Summit, which was LA. And then in, it was Dallas this year. That's the third time I've been. And I've, I've been in and around events for years. When we had the video production company, we used to film Microsoft events. So there were like 20,000 people events, huge. I used to run a user group where we'd do like small community events, sort of 10 to 100 people. So I've been in and around events for a long time. And when I went to San Diego, it was San Diego that actually really made me convinced that we was going to do it. I was looking at the event and I was thinking, there just isn't a video marketing event in Europe, I think. There might be a few here and there. Um, I know there's a friend of mine runs one in Greece, but it's all in Greek, so I can't attend that. I don't speak Greek. So I was like, I'm going to do one. I decided in San Diego I'm going to do one. And then over the summer I was like, nah, you've not got it in you, Matt. This is going to take too much effort. It's, it's going to be such a long thing to do. You're not ready, blah, blah, blah. All the excuses came in. And then it got towards Vid Summit, and I was like, you know what? If I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. I'm always going to put something in the way. And so I said, before I went bid to me, I was like, I'm going to go and get some speakers. I'm going to go and get some sponsors. And then we're going to do this thing. And so that's what we're doing. And I'm like, oh my God, this is huge, right? Like this is a huge undertaking. I think one of the things I, I had, a, I don't know if you've come across Richie Norton. Yes, I know Richie Norton. Yeah. One of the things he said that has never left me is you will never have enough time you will never have enough money and you will never have enough information. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. These are the three things that nobody ever feels they have enough of. So you need to just execute yeah. regardless. So I love it when I see things like this and I love it when people do things when they don't quite feel ready because it's in doing them that you become ready. Yeah. And then there's the next big thing. So where is the conference? Who is it for? And I've got huge plans, by the way. I, I, I'll tell you, I'll answer that question, by. I've got huge plans. Uh, so where is the conference? So it's going to be in Birmingham in the UK. And it is on May the 23rd, 2024, which is a Thursday. Uh, even choosing the date of the 23rd and the Thursday, I now realise it's cheaper to do it on a Wednesday. Wish I'd have known that before I set the date, but here we are. So that's a thing I'll learn for next time. But we're doing it there. So we've got a venue booked We've got some speakers we're speaking to, and then we're just organising sponsors and everything now. And who is it for? It's So I've got two tracks. I've got a creator track. So that's for established creators. The idea is that they will inspire um, the audience to become creators. And then I've got a business track, which is for uh, business owners who want to use YouTube or video marketing, because I've got – it's not just YouTube, really, even though it's called TubeFest um, – they're, they're people I want to 
give almost like case studies of where people have used video marketing mm. to grow their business. So for example, I've got a lady who just uh, amazing on LinkedIn and she says she gets tons of traffic from YouTube for our LinkedIn business. Like, why would you not want to know about those stories? They're, they're the best things, I think. So, mm. And then, of course, I'm bringing those two audiences together. So a lot of creators I meet are not business people. They don't understand business in the same way as business folk do. And equally, business folk don't get marketing and video marketing in the way the creators do. So that mix of those two audiences, I think, is going to be really wonderful. I'm really hoping that that's the case. I think so. It does sound really, really good. Good. Well, that, everyone said that, but we'll, we'll see when I'm selling tickets, Bob, whether, whether they agree with their actual money, but we'll see. Well, I'll be in line for my ticket good. on it. And I don't, I don't go to very many events, but I really do like the topic. So I guess we have covered a lot of ground and I think we are going to definitely have to speak again yeah. because I think what I love about everything you've brought about YouTube is it's probably the most relatable and implementable conversation that we've had on the show about YouTube. We've covered a bit of strategy and a bit of tactics, but and also a lot of mindset stuff. But there's so much more that we could talk about. But if people are listening thinking, I want to go deeper with Matt Hughes, how can they do that? Uh, so the best way, kingofvideo.co.uk, if you didn't get that subtle message about the domain name before, uh, that's the easiest and quickest way to find me. I've got uh, links.kingofvideo, kingofvideo.co.uk, which is uh, uh, some quick links for you, Linktree style. But yeah, I mean, that's that's it. I've got loads of stuff on there now and, and we've just added a podcast as well. So I'm uh, so glad to hear that you're putting your podcast on YouTube because loads of podcasters don't do that and i'm like oh my god how can you miss that opportunity to reach the visual audience so yeah so we're really really going for it on and every platform we can get our hands on at the moment and my last question matt what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago uh, the obvious answer would be you too but i'll actually say the, the thing that i wish i'd have done sooner is the podcast i've mm. we we're on episode six or seven at the, the time of this recording and actually now I've started it, you know, I'm sure we kind of alluded to this, Bob, before, but you know, when you said about like the long-term stuff, somebody said to me about their podcast, you know, it wasn't someone interviewed me on their podcast and I asked them how many they've done and they said 1500. And I was like, what? That's insane. Yeah. They've spoken to 1500 people. I don't know if they, it was all interviews, but I was like, Wow. And then it occurred to me, that's how people feel when you tell them you've got 50 episodes or 100 episodes yeah. or 100 YouTube videos. Like they instantly get authority. They instantly think, wow, this is huge. And so how do you do that if you don't start? So I just exactly. wish I'd have got started with my podcast and, and we're, we're on the train now. We're on the train for sure. Well, I've had a listen. It's really, really good. Everybody should have a listen because it's like I mentioned, it's, it's super relatable and very, very practical, which I really like. Good. And can I say something, Bob, right? We launched it last week. I've got less than a hundred listens, downloads, whatever. I don't know what the metrics are. I'm <laughs> really new to podcasts, but I really don't care. And I really want people to think about this when they're starting on YouTube or podcasts, whatever. Like it's just not important right now to worry about it. When I get to episode 50, those numbers are going to be different and it's going to be really exciting and people are going to start to pay attention, but it's okay that they're just not at the moment. And, and people like you are watching and the 
the, the numbers will slowly creep up and I'm, I'm really, really confident of that. They absolutely will. I'm going to show you something in a minute because I've done some homework as well. Good. So I have a little tip for you, but I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to give it away right Good. now. Save it to later. But yes, Matt, thank you very much for your time. I've had great fun and I've learned a lot. And for you at home, that does bring us to the end of another episode. Thank you for listening. And if you did enjoy the show, I would gently encourage you to leave a five-star review. That's five everywhere you listen to podcasts. Not just anywhere you listen to podcasts. Everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And if you did enjoy the show, then you will also love the Personal Brand Business Roadmap. It's 50 pages of everything you need to start, scale, or fix your expert business. It's 100% free as a gift from me. Just click the link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.agency forward slash roadmap. Matt, thanks for your time. You have been awesome. You're home. Bye-bye.